You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Joining me today, Robert Lunak. He's superintendent for Lutheran Neighborhood Schools, South Wisconsin District of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. Rob, welcome to The Coffee Hour. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for having me on. I am excited to learn more about Lutheran Neighborhood Schools, the idea, the concept, and how it's it's coming together this year as a, a new program, a new service happening in South Wisconsin District. So tell us about, before we talk about what's happening with Lutheran Neighborhood Schools, tell us about the communities where Lutheran Neighborhood Schools are and where they will be. How are the, what are the communities like? Yes, that's a great question. So we are starting in Milwaukee. That's where our very first school is. We opened in September. And we've looked at areas that don't have a great Lutheran school presence. Either they're not close to one or maybe they've never offered one there ever. And so we're not just going to be urban. You get out into the western side of the state here in Wisconsin, and there's really not any Lutheran schools. There aren't many. And so we have not only areas in urban cities that could use a Lutheran school, but places out in rural areas where there's not a Lutheran school for an hour or a two-hour drive. And we're looking to really provide that option to families that don't have it any of those places. Yeah, let's talk a little bit more about those families that don't have an option. Why do you see a need for Lutheran schools for families in these communities? It goes back to... The Martin Luther statue we had at Concordia, Chicago, right? They did a big statue in the middle of campus, and on the plaque on the bottom it said, for the sake of the church, we must have and maintain Christian schools. And that's really, that's been the history of the Lutheran tradition since it came to America, is that we need to have these schools. I think it was even in the, the founding charter, if you wanted to be a church, you had to also offer a school for your church members. And we really want to get back to that, because a Lutheran education is one of those great life-saving things that we can offer. I didn't grow up in a a Lutheran church. I grew up in a public school and through my own story ended up getting like emancipated from my parents and taken in by a family and baptized and confirmed and brought into the Lutheran faith. And it it changed my life. And if we can offer families a similar experience to make sure that they know that there's a God out there that loves them and there's a church community that cares for them, we want to be able to offer that. And we want to be able to offer that to places where they don't have that option. Hmm. So how are Lutheran neighborhood schools a reflection of the communities that you're serving? We're intentionally small. And so we have set aside 50 as our number for a cap for each school. 50 kids, that's going to be our our maximum. And we want to be within walking distance for a lot of our families. Driving, especially in the city, there are some families that have cars. There are some families that don't. And if you can't get on a bus... Maybe a school is out of reach for you because you can't get your kids there. But if you're local and you reflect that community and you see people in that community, it's not just a place you're sending your kids for school. It's a place you're going where you know that they are known, where you know that they're loved, where you know that you're supported as a parent. And connecting that to our host churches because there are so many things a church can offer a family that a school can't. Pastoral care, uh, a community that can take care of needs on weekends and nights and all those other things that a church is really great at doing. And so instead of just saying, well, here's the school that does these things during the day, how do we represent the community and embrace the community? And that means that we are located in these places. So we're Lutheran neighborhood schools. We want to be in these neighborhoods and a part of those neighborhoods and a fixture in those neighborhoods. So when families think about, okay, where can I go for this? 
I know I can get this at the school. I know the church can support me with this thing. And we become a resource for people. That doesn't mean that we are going to be able to offer everything, but we do have a network that we can connect people to. Okay, well, I know of this, or I can help you with this service if you need it. Or, you know what, this person's really great at this. Let me get you in touch with them. And so it's putting them into this big web that is the Lutheran faith instead of just, oh, I go to the school and that's all I know. Neighborhood is so important, so vital to who you are. It's your middle name. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. Tell me about the idea for Lutheran Neighborhood Schools. Where did it begin, and and how has that idea grown into an actual school? <laughs> That's a good question. So the South Wisconsin District Board of Directors, they were trying to figure out what we could do in Milwaukee in particular when this all started, when they were talking about this. Because there used to be more Lutheran schools in Milwaukee than there currently are. And there used to be these big cornerstone churches in Milwaukee that through changes and things, numbers have dwindled and some of them have closed. Some of them are not fulfilling the mission they set out to fulfill in the first place. And we looked at that and we said, what can we do? Is there a way the South Wisconsin district can support those churches and how do we meet that need? And our ed exec for the for schools, youth, and family, Dr. Chris Cody, started talking with the board, and he said, what if we went to these places and we said, hey, why don't we look at starting a micro school here? We don't need to start the big 300-kids school that a lot of places are starting. How do we do it small in a way that's going to be community-focused, in a way that's going to be personal, in a way that's going to be sustainable for these places to tie people in back to the church. So it's not just having a school for a school's sake. Our whole point is that we want to be able to tie people into the church in an intricate way, in a way that some places maybe aren't able to do right now because of their size or because of maybe it hasn't been in their DNA from the beginning, to the point where at our site at Beautiful Savior, we have quilters that come in once a week and we send the kids to quilting. Like, hey, we want you to know these members and we want these members to know you and we want to be tied into the life of the church. We don't just want to have a school at a church site. We want there to be no daylight between the two. And so when we looked at the need for the city and the need for the churches and the need for the families, it just made sense that a school really encapsulates all that really well. So are the kids learning quilting? They are. Yeah, they, they are. They are learning quilting. Which That's outstanding. The quilters love. The kids really like it. We have a lady who comes in and does art on Fridays. She does crafts with them. She just loves it. It just, I've been principal at a couple other Lutheran schools and you have some friction sometimes between church and school. Oh, there's a funeral. We can't use the fellowship hall. Oh, we can't use the parking lot for recess right now. There's this going on and trying to get rid of that and say, okay, when there's a church event going on during the school day, we want the school involved in that event. And when there's a school event going on outside of the school day, we want the church involved in that event. So there's not any room between the two. So it's not, oh, this is the school and this is the church. The answer is now, well, this is our ministry. That's outstanding. That's excellent. So that was an idea. Now tell, walk us through how it became a reality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We are partnered with Beautiful Savior Lutheran Church on 85th and Hour here in Milwaukee as our first site. And they had a really big Sunday school program back in the 80s and 90s that has dwindled. And so they had this big wing of their building that wasn't getting used, but they still had an active youth group and an active family group. 
that met on, they call it First Fridays. So they do the first Friday of every month, parents can drop off their kids and they do kind of like a mini VBS that day. Parents can go out and have a date. The church will take care of their kids for the three or four hours during that. And so they already had this connection and they had this interest. They said, we want to be out in our community and we want to be able to do more than what we're doing. Would we be able to partner with you guys on this? And that, that's been a great fit because they have done some of the legwork getting into the community, and now we've been able to connect people back to it. And that that process of getting a school up and running, it's a lot of paperwork. It's a lot of legwork. <laughs> it's a lot of demographic studies, fundraising, talking to parents. I think I went around and knocked on 100 doors around the neighborhood just telling everybody about the school, passing out flyers and whatnot. So there's a lot that goes into get, getting that up and running, but the key is that the church wanted it and the community wanted it. And tying those together, say, hey, here's something we want to do. Here's something that you parents recognize as a want for you. Let's connect those. You used the term micro school earlier as a way to describe what Lutheran neighborhood schools are compared to like a, a school of, like, like you said, launching a school of 300 students. What's unique about micro schools or about Lutheran neighborhood schools that you might not find in a larger school? Yeah, one of the things we looked at is what's the right size for what we want to do. And there's a there's a number, and for us, we decided that number is 50, that after you pass 50 kids, you really need all the things of a school of 200, but you necessarily don't have the space or the funding to provide those things. Things like we don't have a gym, but we have a park down the street, so we go play at the park during recess. That's where we go instead of having a gym on site. Or if we want to personalize education, how do you personalize it when you get past that 50 number? That becomes really difficult. And so we have been very intentional about saying this is going to be our size because we want there to be a strong relationship between school, family, and church. And when you get bigger, it's harder to know more people. People get really excited about that and go, oh, we we have these big events and we like that. But how personal and how strong is that connection? And so we wanted to build those connections very intentionally. And that means we are small intentionally. And it also means there's some things we're going to do as a small school that maybe a bigger school wouldn't be able to do, but then recognizing that there's some things we can't do that a bigger school could. So a big athletic program, we can't have 15 sports and three teams for all of them because we're just not big enough, but we can offer personal piano lessons to every kid every day. That's something we can do because they're small enough to be able to do that or connecting them with the quilters because you can't take 50 kids in to meet the five quilters, but you can definitely take five kids in to meet the five quilters. <laughs> and so recognizing the things that we could do really well, small, and kind of getting out of the game of the bigger things. We wanted to to play by rules that were favorable to us, obviously, right? And micro schools ever since covid there's something a lot of people are talking about because we're recognizing that these these big schools, some of them are great. Some of them are kind of mills that just run people through because they're so big they can't really be personal. And we recognize that if we want to build community and we want to build relationships, that we had to be small. We're going to talk more about what that looks like, the advantages, disadvantages, or the challenges uh, of being a small school in just a moment. We're learning about Lutheran neighborhood schools in the South Wisconsin district. They will continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Mm-hmm. 
At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. Today we're talking with Robert Lunek. He's the superintendent of Lutheran Neighborhood Schools in South Wisconsin District, learning about these unique schools that are, as you use the term, micro schools or maybe smaller schools with a, a capacity of 50 students in a neighborhood school, really embedded part of neighborhood congregations in your district. And we've talked a little bit about how that relationship is really an important part of the school, the relationship between the congregation and the school really being one ministry. And we've talked about some of the advantages of being a smaller school, some of the things you can do that a larger school can't do, some unique things you can do. What about the role of teacher and other leaders in Lutheran neighborhood schools? How is that perhaps maybe different in a neighborhood school or a, a micro school setting? One of the things we recognize is that the the family is really the first and most important teacher a child has. And we want to be able to support the work they're doing and not replace the work that we're doing. And so we come alongside parents and we have conversations daily about progress. We have parent-teacher conferences monthly. They're not once at the end of the first semester and once at the end of the year. We have them every month and we talk to parents every day because we recognize that that only works in partnership with them. And it's a lot of work on our parents, and it's a lot of work on their kids. We expect a lot. We have really high expectations on behavior and academics and involvement and church attendance. We expect families to be intricately involved in all of that, but they need to be. We've looked around in the city of Milwaukee, and the results for the public schools are not stellar, I think, to put it nicely. And we look at what are they doing that could be better, and what can we do? Where do we fit in that? And we have viewed our our place as one that we expect a lot of families. We don't want to replace the roles of parents in the home. We don't want to start offering all of these things so families don't need to. Now, if a family can't do something, we want to be able to connect them with resources so then they are equipped to do that. So instead of taking it upon ourselves to equip things for a family, we want to empower them so they can do that work themselves. One of the things I would hear a lot as a Lutheran school principal from families who maybe weren't so great with church attendance is, well, I send them to a Lutheran school, so I don't need to take them to church on Sunday. Well, that's a very different idea in our micro schools. We absolutely expect you to take your kids to church on Sunday because you have decided that you want them in fellowship with us in this small environment, learning about Jesus every day, getting the benefits of this small school. But that means we have expectations on you as a family as well. We expect your kid to be able to do their homework. We expect you to be involved as a parent. We expect you guys to be in worship with us together. And it is a lot of work, but we're going to support you while you do that work because we want to create strong families and strong students, not just for our school year, but past that. We want these kids to be able to go on to high schools and colleges and to be able to open up their horizons to do whatever they want to be able to do. And we want to be able to empower their parents so they can continue to walk alongside their kids as they make those steps. So you've launched a new school this year. What are some of the things that you've learned in that process? This is the first year for the school, correct? 
This is the first year yeah. for the school. Yes. What What are you learning in that that process of launching a new school? Uh, starting a school is hard. <laughs> that's, that's that's what we're learning. There are there's so many little things that go into starting a school that if you are in an, in a, in an existing one, you kind of take those things for granted. Oh, who does the paperwork? Who answers when parent calls in the middle of the day? There's some of those things that, oh, well, this person does this. Well, when you're small, you go, wait a second. That's that's a good question because there's not really like a secretary during the day. How do we get around that problem? Oh, we'll give them the teacher's cell phone number. That's something we can work out. So there's some of those growing pains we're definitely going through. And the the uniqueness of this is the South Wisconsin District Board of Directors has funded this, my position as superintendent, for three years. Basically saying you have three years to figure out if we can make this work and how we can make that work. So it is kind of a laboratory in a sense. It's an experiment. We want to figure out what we can do to do it differently and do it well and how we can take that and move that outside of just Milwaukee, make it geographically diverse as well because there are so many places that maybe had a Lutheran school and they had 300 kids and maybe they're down to 50 now and what do they do? And they're having those conversations. Do we stay open? Do we not stay open? How can we do this differently? And then there are places that are saying, you know, we've never had a Lutheran school. We want to be able to start one. And so we are trying to figure out that model as we go. And we have the we have the ability to do that, right? We have the luxury of time. We have the three years to get this figured out and figure out some of these things. And as we tell parents, hey, we're small. So if you come to us and you say, hey, we want to change this, well, we're able to look at that. We only have to talk to so many parents and we can have a meeting and we can say, okay, does this work? Do we want to change the schedule? Do we want to have this day off because this really works for all the families? Do we want to change this vacation schedule? Do we want to add in this class or is this been too much and we want to tweak these things? The benefit of being really small is that we can have those personal conversations essentially at the end of the school day or around a kitchen table and go, okay, what do we want to do differently? What do we want to change? When you plug into a large school, there's an organization there that kind of dictates what goes on, whether that's tradition, whether that's size, whether that's there's a board that does that. But when you're small, you can really look at those things and go, okay, a lot of places do it this way. Do we have to do it this way? If we have to, we will. If we don't, how else can we do it? And so we really embrace that and really take that and say, okay, what works for us? And let's do those things. What's been the response from parents? What are the things that, that you're learning from parents that you're hearing from parents that maybe maybe is great to hear or maybe is hard to hear? It, it has been a lot of work and we recognize that going in and we tried to prepare parents for that. Like you are going to have to be involved with your kids' schooling on a level that maybe you haven't been before. And for some of them, it was, well, this is really tough. You know, do we have to do this? And we we had that conversation and walked through that. And this is our end goal. This is the way we get through that. How do we support you as you grow through this as a parent to get to that point? And then we've had parents that from day one have been incredibly happy about it. We have a set of twins right now that were in public school last year. All the kids we have were in public school last year, right? And these kids missed 40 days last year. 40 days out of a 175-day school year. And talking to their parents, you know, what was going on? Well, they got picked on a lot. They didn't want to go to school. Mom came to us and said, you know, they got up really early because they can't wait to come to school today. I just talked to her yesterday, and she said, you know what they did over the weekend? They got out pen and paper, and they played school. They've never done that. They just love it here. And that's what we love to hear is that, yes, there are challenges, but we are really doing something that kids want to go excited, want to get there and be excited about. And then... One of the great things, we had a family that, you know, we'd tell them, hey, we want you to be involved in church. We want you here on Sunday. And then they heard it from their kids. 
because your kid said, oh, we can tell our parents to come to church on Sunday? Like, yeah, absolutely, you can. <laughs> and that, that's been so great because they – They've connected with their parents on a, on a level that they haven't before because now they have something – school used to be a struggle for them, right? Oh, I don't want to go. I don't want to do my homework. Well, now we've united them on that front that they both are really excited about it and they both love it and it's been a great experience. Mm. You mentioned fundraising earlier. Mm-hmm. What's unique about how Lutheran neighborhood schools are funded? The funding is something that – if you're a bigger school, maybe it comes a little easier because you pass a certain number and you go, okay, everything else, here's our base costs. We have enough kids. We pay for those base costs. Everything past that is extra revenue. At our size, there are things we took out so we could be sustainable funding-wise. Right now, we are in the Wisconsin State Choice Program because we are a second site of First Emanuel in Cedarburg. They are, are sponsoring us in a sense, so we're their second site as we work through this process. And that allows us to tap into state choice dollars for our first year. But then we also have looked at grants and donations. I go around and speak at churches and do chapels and talk to people and just try to to drum up support for this because that's what you got to do. Part of having a school, especially a ministry, it's like being a missionary. You are out there and you're saying, hey, here's this great work we're doing, but work sometimes costs money. And how do we support that? Prayers are always fantastic. And so anybody listening, I will definitely take your prayers. I love when people pray for us and pray about what we're doing. And we need financial support as well so we can continue working through this, so we can continue this model moving forward. Hmm. So what are future plans? You've you've launched one school this year. What's the plan for – or do you have a timeline for other locations as well? We do. We do. The – the mandate from the board of directors, I guess I won't call it a mandate. What they have wanted us to do is open three schools in the next three years. And so we have our first one up and running, which is great. And now we have two and a half years to get two more up and running. We are in talks with another site. We are working on demographic studies on that to make sure that we have all of our ducks in a row as we go in there. And so we really would like to have three by 2026. That would be the goal. I am always a little ambitious, so I would like to have more than that by then, obviously. But my plans and God's plans are not always the same thing. So he, I know he will bless the work, but I also know every once in a while he'll go, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> slow down, Rob, slow down. And so we we are well on our way to that goal. That's outstanding, having just continuing to grow into the neighborhoods. Now, will most of those be around the Milwaukee area initially? Initially, we're looking at southern Wisconsin, right? We're the south Wisconsin district. So we're open to Milwaukee. We're open to rural areas. In Milwaukee, there are a lot of Lutheran schools already. And so there are some neighborhoods that don't have them, and we're definitely looking at those neighborhoods. But as I said earlier, there are areas out west where there aren't really any Lutheran schools, and we'd like to be able to give them an option as well. How does that begin? Say there's a congregation, some families that that don't have a Lutheran school option in their community, do they reach out to you? How does that that conversation begin? Yeah, so we have uh, our website, mylns.org. That's mylutheranneighborhoodschool.org. And there's a inquiry link there. And a lot of it is through actually church connections with our district through Pastor Metter or Dr. Cody and places that say, hey, we had a daycare. We really are interested in a school. There's not really anything. What we've heard 
a lot is I homeschool my kids. I don't want to send them into the public school, but there's not a Lutheran school option for me. What can I do? Can I be a part of this? Can we help with this? And so if there's a desire at those churches, we definitely want to be able to walk through that process with them and figure out, can we support one here? What needs to happen so we can make that work? One of the things we don't want to do is go to a church and say, you really want a school, right? And then they go, and we go, well, we're going to open one anyway. We don't want that. We want that tight partnership. So if there's a a church out there that is really interested, we want to be able to walk through that process with them to figure out how we can make that work and make that a reality for them. Very good. And how can we continue to learn more about Lutheran Neighborhood Schools? You can go to myLNS.org, or you can also search for Lutheran Neighborhood Schools on Facebook or Instagram. We post every day. You can find things there. And then if you go to myLNS.org, there's a link there that'll go right to my email, and you can get in touch with me that way. MyLNS.org. Learn more about Lutheran Neighborhood Schools in the South Wisconsin District. Where are you headed next? Are you headed off to quilting next? (laughs) No, no. Quilting was yesterday. I'm headed back to school this afternoon, though, for sure. Very good. Rob Lunak, Superintendent for Lutheran Neighborhood Schools in South Wisconsin District. Thanks for being my guest on the Coffee Hour today. It was a pleasure. Thank you. You've been listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.